TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 465, and I'm your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Greg, TV enthusiast from St. Louis, Missouri. Hi, this is Yisun, and I'm a costume designer and TV enthusiast uh, coming from Los Angeles. This is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in L.A. And this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weednopolis. All right, thanks, guys, for showing up. Uh, this week in the news, we have that Outer Banks on Netflix has been renewed for season two, and season one looked lame, so I don't know. I guess somebody's watching it. Uh, the Boys has been renewed for season three ahead of the premiere of season two. Uh, Elizabeth Moss uh, is to star in an Apple thriller called Shining Girls. I don't know what that is, but it says a thriller. Woo! Sweet Magnolias has been renewed for season two. Yay! Oh, I, I never even tried that, so I can't even make a comment. Nina Dobrev is the star in a show called Women Woman Ninety Nine. So I, I didn't. She did that comedy, which was not particularly good. So maybe she'll do better on this. Uh, and then Perry Mason has been renewed for season two. Cool. Uh, Tom, you have any news? Yes. ABC Studios has set an overall deal with Yara Shahidi, who plays Zoe on, on Grunish, which spun off of Blackish. Uh, Amazon has bought Without Remorse with Michael B. Jordan. It's based on a Tom Clancy thriller. I think it was filmed before with, um, oh, geez, well, I can't think of his name, uh, Willem Dafoe. Uh, AMC has announced that Walking Dead Season 11 has been delayed, but there will be bonus episodes for Season 10 in 2021. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Emily Raver Lampman from Umbrella Academy and Hamilton before that will replace Kristen Bell on Central Park. Maria Bello is exiting NCIS in season 18. Holy oh, good crap. Lord. Jeez. Um, Taraji P. Henson has signed an overall deal with Fox and they are developing a cookie spinoff of Empire for her. Uh, just give just call it Taraji. I'll watch her no matter what, except for those last few seasons of Empire, which were terrible. Wow. Um, they've also signed a deal with Dennis Leary for broadcast development. FX, uh, Stephen Canals, who co-created Pose, is developing a gay rights activism limited series. HBO is adapting Ta-Nehisi Coates' novel Between the World and Me. Of note is Susan Kalichi Watson from uh, This Is Us is one of the executive producers of that. HBO Max has announced some numbers, but they're kind of squirrely because they, uh, you know, HBO Max and HBO have 36.3 million subscribers. No, that's really HBO. Evidently, the vast majority of people who have HBO have not activated their Max accounts. (laughs) Because most of them don't know how to do it. And what's really sad is they're only up 5% from the end of last year. Up, oh, okay, so only 5% more people got HBO yeah. Max. What, what, what if we spent a lot of money on this marketing campaign and nobody cared because our service... It's, they should have just called it HBO Plus. Yes. Uh, Hulu, <laughs> Hulu is developing in, uh, a Rodham, which is an alt-history series based on the Curtis Sittenfeld novel in which Hillary never married Bill. Oh, the world would be a very different place. Mm. Uh, Disney Plus has snapped up the miraculous TV movies from Zag. Uh, they're animated TV movies based on a popular franchise. And Elizabeth Moss, who's really busy, has inked a first look deal with Hulu and Fox 21 television studios. Oh, okay. Because I was like, I thought, I was like, are you saying the news that I just said? Or are you saying different news? Nope, okay, that's fine. separate. All right. Um, Train Spotting's Irvin Welsh and American Psycho's Brett Easton Ellis are teaming up for American Tabloid, which is a series based on the U.S. tabloid press. Ah, just lost my notes. Um, <laughs> no more news happens. That's fine. That's a lot of news. And that's it. Oh, 
Netflix picked up another big film, but yeah. Oh, by the way, AT&T has basically said, in light of the ongoing global pandemic, look to see more films going straight to video on demand and then to HBO Max. Similarly, Apple TV Plus is very enthusiastic because they got great they got great uh, viewings for the Tom Hanks submarine thriller, which we will talk about today. So they're going to plan to do more acquisitions. Basically, what it means is all those like B list, C list, not non blockbuster films are all going to be on demand. Are going to yeah. are going to end up either on demand or on Apple TV Plus or Netflix. It's it's fascinating because right now all, uh, the uh, the major movie chains have delayed again opening. Of course. So, because it's right. not safe. Right. <laughs> uh, one thing I, before we start doing the podcast, I want to point people to uh, we did a very special Talking Dark episode after we all watched Dark together in a crazy sync that was sort of sync, but kind of not because there's too many of us. Uh, but we, at the end of it, we talked for about an hour about the finale, season three finale of Dark, along with Dark as a whole. So that is why we're not talking about it on this particular podcast. It did not fit. It was in an alternate timeline and in a different dimension. <laughs> so look for it uh, after yeah. you listen it's to this podcast. It's a very special TV campfire podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we, so we all talk Talking like that. Talk Followed by Blanc. Followed by what? It's a very special blossom. Oh, followed by blossom. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Wow, that was a that was a deep dive dig on a TV reference, man. All right, let's start yeah. off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Perry Mason. When I say we, I mean Allison and Tom. <laughs> you go first, Allison. Okay. Well, I know that we were discussing. Well, how are they going to suddenly make him? a lawyer after all this since they've done absolutely nothing really to to prep in that direction um you know i was complaining they should have done something saying that he was studying the law or whatever like that. well they answered that question last week by actually having him become a lawyer by fraud and Are you i'm not serious i am totally serious and i am really kind of not happy as as much as i've been enjoying this show of, of all the ways that you could have, because he's an iconic character and most of his time is going to be spent being a lawyer. And to say that it, it began fraudulently um, is, is just, I mean, I guess they could sort of make up for it by having him go and take, you know, lessons in the law later. But even now, it's it's so absurd, even considering the situation that they've got where, yes, they have to find a lawyer for this girl and nobody else wants to do it. And, and Della, who's certainly far more qualified, can't do it because the time and the place, a woman lawyer would not be accepted. Um, so she, she defaults to Perry and, and, and makes up this, you know, fake uh, paperwork to... to allow him to take the bar which conveniently enough is just coming up this week um uh, you know and and he gets how is he gonna pass the bar he is literally prepped for it by uh what was it he was wasn't he the da um i think he's the the da who really hates uh the the so does the he have photographic memory like it well, takes 40, years to prepare know, for the bar it, it, the way that they framed it was that the bar in in I mean these days especially the California bar is like the hardest bar in the country you can even start to pass and but in those days what he what they said was that the bar had not been changed since 1921 all the all the questions were exactly the same oh, and he was on. literally like given a, a cram lesson over coffee in a diner um about passing this bar and we're supposed to believe that this is going to happen and you know either either their standards in those days really were completely abysmal or it's just so completely contrived maybe just oh yeah contrived is the nice <laughs> it's the nice way of putting it i mean as much as i i'm liking this show that part just made me want to throw a brick at the screen. I was really. I wish angry. they had gone. I wish they had gone with a more plausible explanation, like that they had a lead counsel, but he was assisting, like as a paralegal. Yeah. Because you, I mean, you're allowed to defend yourself. Because the old aphorism, "The man who defends 
itself has a fool for a client. Yeah, I, I think if I was very t- very very TV convenient. My yeah. issue with this show in the first place was I didn't feel like this Perry Mason we were seeing could ever evolve to be in the Perry Mason that I saw on the show, and I was like, how do we, these things don't connect? Like I don't feel like they're the same person, and I felt like this should be just name something else. So what you're telling me the fa- the Perry Mason that we've known on the show. I can't even imagine that he would be okay with being a fraudulent lawyer. No, I know that's that that really it just irked me because I was willing to go with the ride and figure okay something happens that just makes him turn around and clean himself up and and you know we're going to find out that he has this other background in the law he's never talked about or something's going to happen and then they they do this and he's literally a fraud and I guess the idea is that you know Della is supposed to be whispering into his ear the entire time to to get him to be able to handle this because she's the one who has the real qualifications I mean clearly Della leaves a room and the median IQ goes down by about 70 points (laughs) Uh, you know she's the one who's really competent but so so I guess that's that's the way they're going to run it. But it makes the character of Perry Mason so cheap, yeah. uh, and and I I just I mean I'm I'm going to be watching this till the end of the season definitely. I'm in for the ride, but I I'm very disappointed in how they handled this. Really am. Any additional? I will say that for 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 me, I, one of my favorite sequences was when they go to the. Uh, the memo- the family memorial service and find out that Evie was completely estranged from his family and mm-hmm. it was just so awkward. It's like, oh Yeah, one of those like you, you ended up at a family Thanksgiving where everybody's fighting. Yeah, it's it's that kind of thing. They did cast the son incredibly well. Yes, um did. it's like I, I, I looked at him and I thought I could believe he was the son of John Lefkow. Uh, he even had a similar voice. It was but... also interesting to meet Perry's ex-wife and kid and mother-in-law and uh, the ex-wife's new boyfriend-ish or whatever. Yeah, I guess so. I guess boyfriend. Well, let's wrap All that up. dynamic. Overall, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, Overall, I'm, I'm... Thumb sideways-ish. Pretty much. Okay. Uh, but you guys are finishing the season, so I guess that says oh, something. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Okay. Definitely Lo- love Matthew season. Reese. <laughs> yeah, that's all the right. thing. All the performances in this are absolutely excellent. I'm hoping that they, like I said, do something to right the ship by maybe having him say, okay, well, since I'm going to do this, I'm going to go back and study and do this right and become a real lawyer. Um, so I, I don't know. So I, whatever it is, I'm going to be in there hoping that they make it better. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Order, episodes seven and eight. And this is this is another two-parter spring outbreak, and the basically the the knights get a contract and tell them that these are the conditions in which they have to join the order, and basically have to sign away a lot of their own free will, and they're trying to decide if they want to do that or not. Alyssa has finally figured out what she well she thinks she knows that's what's affecting her magic is Jack her relationship with Jack, so she wants to like delete him. Um, from her feelings and wipe away all her feelings. The thing about that storyline is it makes her seem very shallow. Like, I get that she wants magic, but she's like, nothing else is important. So it doesn't matter if I love this guy. I'd rather be a better magician. She Uh, is kind of shallow, though. Yeah, and and, and it really, like, this really highlighted it. I was like, wow. It just really made me think less of her. Um, And... Her magic was a little screwy, but it was actually just stronger than normal. So I was like, why don't you figure out how to control the new levels you're at versus just being like, let me delete this person from my life. Um, But then there's also uh, Kepler is trying to pull rank on Vera in the order. And she just really, she's really annoying. I really don't like Kepler. She's just such, she's such a lapdog for the guy. It really feels like she doesn't believe another woman can leave is really the feeling I get from her versus anything against Vera specifically. I really don't like Kepler. Um, but it's the, the beginning of this whole illness, and and um, also we have the the cameos in this episode, and this in the next episode, which which I thought were ridiculously hilarious. Those are great. Very, very good. <laughs> what did you get? Uh, oh, Greg, talk- you haven't talked about... 
Go oh, okay, Tom. Sorry. No, in in their Comic Con at Home panel yesterday, they the order uh, producers talked about how the Ian Ziering and uh, Jason Priestley cameos came about. Well, uh, tell me, I didn't see the panel. Oh, they, basically, they uh, one of them had previous relations. One of the producers had worked on projects before with Iz, as I like to call them. <laughs> and <laughs> then, just that type. and then, okay. and then they ran into them at Comic Con last year. <laughs> and and so they pitched him the idea, and then he called he called uh, Priestley, and that's how it happened. So <laughs> that was that was because I felt like I was in a weird surreal world. I was like, is anybody else seeing what I'm seeing? Like, is it just me? Is this some sort of illusion that's happening on my television screen? Uh, it was it was pretty funny. Greg, Greg, I think me and Greg were chatting when I was watching that. Uh, Greg, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, episode seven um, with Alyssa, I thought the um, the karaoke scene was really good, and um, oh, and the really actress, emotional. yeah, yeah, and the actress has a has a really good voice uh, for singing. So it's another one of those uh, opportunities, I guess, to you know show all of the actors' talents. Um, but you really get the sense that okay, she thinks that. Um, that um, he's the problem with her magic, and and she's got to purge herself of, of her feelings for him or whatever. But you kind of get the sense that maybe she's kind of thinking or reconsidering, you know, when she's singing the song, and then she, you know, runs across the room and then lays one on him. Um, and the answer to that is psych. Not she just wants one last, then, last lay with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they hook up, and then she steals his hair, and it's like, okay, great. Yeah, I was really disappointed in her. I feel like this is literally the definition of character assassination because I liked her in season one, and everything that's happened to her in season two has made me completely flip my opinion on her. So it went from me really liking her to really just kind of being disgusted by her. Just like she's just based on really I would argue. I would argue there is a method to their madness. I'm sure there is a method, like they're they're going somewhere, but I just, I feel like they're making her so out of character this season that it's grating to me. Um, and then yeah, in the but next after episode, watching, go ahead. After watching the episodes again, though, I kind of see the progression that she's making with, you know, that her her magic is messed up. She she's being berated by Vera. And Vera knows full well why her magic well, is Well, actually, Vera, Vera doesn't know until she brings it up. Vera hasn't figured out the connection. Once uh, once Alyssa figures it out herself, she's like, hey, I was part of that bond with the book. So maybe she's like, is there anything left of the book? That might be what's be screwing up my magic. And that's when Vera realizes, because Vera's been berating her all season. And it's not until these episodes that Vera's like, Oh, it's totally my fault. And then she's just afraid to to tell the secret. So it's to not come like she, clean. to come clean, right? So then Vera's mm-hmm. afraid to come clean, but she didn't know all season. But she knows now, and she's a jerk for not telling her. But I get Vera's balancing, uh, you know, the power she could get from the book versus having an acolyte that's not at full strength. So she's like, well. The book is more important than one acolyte. And I could see her thinking that. But what I don't buy as well is that Alyssa then breaks into Vera's house to look for the book. And then she runs into the big bad for the season. She's like, you know what? Sure. Let's switch sides. Like, come on. Like, I did, that I really don't, I don't get it. Like that doesn't it just made her look incredibly gullible and, right. and malleable. It really did. Right. It's like she just believes whoever is talking to her at that time. That has power, yeah. Because mm-hmm. so, I, she's been fighting this group all season, and now she's like, you know what? I make this really good ricotta, and let's have that over wine, <laughs> and uh, then we'll go up against all your family, all the people you've known for years. She's like, sure, let's do that. And then she's not only does she just agree, she really 110% buys into it. And I'm just like, who are you? And I mean, at first I thought that she was like, you know, leading her on just so she'd think she was on her side right. and part of what she needed to do. And then I realized, no, she actually has become a true believer of this. Yeah, and it's and so bizarre. It, yeah, it was just, it did not, it did not play well. 
So from that, I think they really did a disservice to this character. Uh, even even if it's in service to the plot, that's almost even worse because you don't adjust your characters' personalities to fit the plot you're trying to do. You make your plot work with your characters, and they did the opposite with this. And I give them I give them a thumbs down in that regard. The other stuff with the knights, I, I love. I still love the knights, so I love everybody else. I just really felt that I needed to mention how much they failed with Alyssa's character. And that's all I have to say about that. And Jason Priestley becomes uh, Grand Magus for ah! about uh, <laughs> five minutes before he throws up blood and dies. Uh, that was so are fantastic. Are you about how many shark natos that uh, Ian Zering has? <laughs> oh my god! But, I loved but, all of that. That was I couldn't. I I just couldn't believe. You know, at first I was like watching them, and like half my brain was denying. Wait, are they making the references that they're supposed to be making? Are we? Are they really playing themselves? Yes, it was so great. <laughs> it was so great. It was um, it was fantastic. Yeah, the, that humor made up for all the badness. Is all I'm gonna say. Uh, any other thoughts before we move on? Well, the the last the last interaction with uh, Iz when they cast a spell to make sure his popularity <laughs> will last forever, and it turns him into Jason Priestley. <laughs> That was so great. That was just... <laughs> that was so great. All right, let's move on. Um, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Warrior Nuns. And we're going to talk about Episodes 7 and 8. This episode, I have to say, Episode 7 called Ephesians. Um, I have to give them credit because I was like, oh... They convinced her. They convinced uh, her on the last episode that uh, she's going to, you know, do the greater good, and she's going to go back to the church, and it's going to be great. And I really did think that that's the next step we were going to see, but instead, she's like, "Let's science this," and I was like, "Huh, that's not a terrible idea." Even though you don't, because her theory is. No matter what the science people say or do, she can get out of it because she can phase or whatever. But I like that she's trying to be smart and think outside the box. I had to give her credit. Like, I didn't, I didn't think of that. I was like, oh, it's not a bad idea to find out the science behind the halo um, before she went back to the church. Well, I, think well, she was, I also go think... Go ahead. You're saying... No, I, just on that point, um, I I think that that worked. I was also very surprised, and you know, I but I think it worked very well. I mean, obviously, yeah. it was a, a, a choice, a very good choice. But I mean, I was also very surprised, and I liked it so much because even though I was really getting tired of her rejecting this role that we, I, you know, I thought, oh, okay, she's finally, you know, not a petulant teen and she's going to embrace this, you know, and then I was like, oh, she's pivoting, you know, and, but instead of being annoyed and being like, oh my God, just accept your role, you know what I mean? Um, it just, it did stretch out her journey and her epiphany and her commitment, whatever, but it, it set the seeds. It set the seeds for what happens later in the, in the right. last two episodes in mm -hmm. terms of her being really a rebel and, and using that rebellion in her favor, you know what I mean? Like, and it made what happens in, you know, in the later episodes much more believable because her arc isn't about, you know, finally um, giving in and kind of being this docile, you know, or, or subservient or whatever. Because she's not docile, right, Because she's all. not, and it's right. because she's not that the rest of the stuff can happen, you know what I mean? And that it's believable both to her character and it's really fun to watch you know what I mean I mean the, the motivation is there and it's less also it, it really helps with the twist there's the twist so not only the existing twist but again another twist in her personality so uh, or sorry in her whatever journey commitment so I thought it was a really smart episode um, and, and uh, we have and to it, mention that uh, uh fires all the nuns yeah. and the priests and stuff like that who are not obedient to him he gets rid of them all and so then I was worried. I was like, oh, no, she's going to come back and everything's going to be all screwed. So I thought yeah. that that was pretty cool as well. In general, I thought Seven was fantastic. I, I, I mentioned very, very lightly, like it was, it was a, you know, it was it was not a 
full feeling, but I did feel it start to lag a little bit. Um, and then seven was like, oh no, lots of stuff is going to happen now. You know what I mean? So people are getting fired. The other woman came back. Remember the one that got eaten by the Lilith. Lilith came back, you know, Doretti is, you know, is moving in on the order and has his sights on the Pope, uh, Pope ship, or I don't know what that's called. And um, then science got involved. We got all the backstory on, uh, you know, on her son. And and what I really liked was, again, this show surprises me in nice ways, like not super crazy um, gimmicky twists necessarily, except for the big last one, but it's not gimmicky. I mean, that's the twist. Uh, they, I really thought that they were going to make the um, science head lady, scientist lady, like a mustache twirling bad guy. Do right, you know what I mean? Right, and right, right. They, you know, she was just going to be one note, and she was going to blah blah blah. But it, it surprisingly, lots of depth in the characters, like lots of small tweaks and larger tweaks where they don't really act the way you expect. It makes the story more interesting, makes them more believable slash likable. Um, so, you know, it's not super interesting what's going on with her kid. I think we can all assume very broad strokes that he's sick and whatever she's doing is to save his life. But still, you know, um, I really thought in the scenes with her testing, you know, the warrior nun, I forgot her name, uh, that she was going to like trap her and keep her and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, yeah, and I thought, ugh, this is going to be boring. Uh, but no, no, like all of it. So Seven was a great episode And, and for she me. does she does make the comment. She was like, I can't keep her here against her will. So she was yeah. like, I have to have mm-hmm. her here voluntarily. So she yeah. did lie to her on no. one move, but, but she never tried to lock her up or do anything stupid like that. She always tried to stay on Ava's good side because she wanted Ava to cooperate. Uh, Allison, your thoughts. What did you think? Um, I'm pretty much echoing the same things. I, one of the things that I like about the show, I mean, this is this is not like we're talking about dark here. This isn't, you know, super sophisticated and twisty and all of that. It's it's mostly, it's taken from a comic book and it's it's mainly just you know actiony and fun. But I did appreciate the the they did put in a few twists in there. They they lead your expectations in one way um, on, on a couple of occasions where where the characters are concerned, like you know how you're supposed to feel about the. Um, uh, the cardinal, how you're supposed to feel about the scientist, you know, who's on whose side, and and they they undermine that, you know, on in a couple of occasions, and, and they give you different oh, twists. Oh, the, 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 the priest, you, when we find out that he used to be a criminal, like, that was pretty good. Well, that that's not the cardinal. The cardinal is No, the I know, I said the priest. Oh. But the priest too, as well, yeah. and you know, there's there's more stuff to come, but um, yeah, exactly, there's, there, there are things that we, you know, that I didn't necessarily see coming because I figured, oh, well, you know, because it is what it is, the way we see a certain character a certain way, that's probably how we're supposed to continue expecting to see them. And then they go and they undermine that and they twist it in another direction. The scientist isn't, you know, a a mustache twirling mad scientist. She has reasons for what she does and the very human reasons. Um, And the Cardinal, you know, who seems so right, you know, and you figured, oh, well, they're going to be all, he's, you know, he's the authority. And so everything is going to be the way he says, suddenly he's got an agenda that, that it seems extremely dodgy. And, you know, this, I just really appreciate that they took the time to make things not as straightforward as I expected them to be. So I, I did enjoy that about the show, and I enjoyed that particularly about these these particular episodes where a lot of that comes to the fore. Right. I, I, I just want to say two things, because very specific to the episodes. One is that Camilla, the, the little girl who doesn't have much to do, um, you know, I, I like that they gave her a story. They started to build her story Jesus? out. No, the little one, the one in the armory, you know, the one that was oh, handing out the, the, yeah, 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 the gun. Yeah, yeah. You know what yes, I mean? yes, As yes. the series goes on, I mean, you know, they give her a little bit more to do and, um, you know, she was still a sidekick. But I, I like that they took the time, you know what I mean? Um, because it matters more. She has a, a transition as well. And, you know, they set that up nicely. But the other thing I loved is, I don't know, but it's the ninja nurse, the nun that we love so much. That's Beatrice. Um, That's Beatrice. 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 I, I have to say I fully appreciated when, because remember, the, the, we, we didn't say this at all. We didn't give any lip service. That He brought in that whole squad, that whole, you know, um, Different group Gestapo of reject. squad. They were the of, gr- reject you know, ones, yeah. 
Yeah, the redirect ones. But they came and take, took over, and they became very violent, and you know, blah blah blah. And so Beatrice lost that, like, you know, sparring match with her early in another episode. And then when they confronted each other and they were attacking each other, you know, she I think she said, I'm not sure. She said something like, oh, I'm going to I can take you. I took you last time or whatever. And she was like, sometimes you have to lose to win or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and I was like, she oh. studied all her moves and she correct. Her yeah. correct. Yeah, I thought that was a nice twist. I think the action in this is excellent. I mean, you know, we all talk about it being a surface silly show, but the fact that it gives us these layers in the plot and then, you know, and the action is really just fun to watch. It's not second rate and whatever. So, yeah, I wanted to mention Uh that because it was specific. Yeah, and I'm just going to say thumbs up this show. I mean, if you're not watching it, you should check it out. I think it's a lot of fun. The beginning's a little rough, but just hang in there a couple episodes. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and this was the Daisy time loop. And all I have to say is that when the the t- first time we go through the time loop, my first reaction was like, oh, no, this loop is really short. Because it basically doesn't give you enough time to do anything. And then they add the, the, the twist of if Daisy gets killed in the time loop, she starts it over with no memory. And I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> and then on top of it, they give you a timeline, a timeline where you have to solve it or you will eventually die. Uh, ticking clock. They give you a ticking clock. And I was like, that's brutal. Because that's the thing about time loops is usually there is no ticking clock. You could stay in there forever. And this is and like, that was the thing that saved the episode for me. That's right. all I'm going to say. Because I was a little bored at first, and I thought, oh, my God, we j- how many time loops with the Palm Springs and the this and the, you hey, know what I mean? Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. was done last year, so screw No, 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 I just meant, I, no, I just meant in life. Like, I didn't mean that they did it on purpose or they copied. I was just like, oh, God, you know? It's just, but, it's but, a trope. It's, it is yeah, a trope. It's, yeah. it's so overdone. But again, but, they but, played with the trope, which right. is what made Correct. it work. Yes, Correct. I agree. Exactly. And that's my thought. When, when I really was unhappy and I thought, oh, my God, I really don't want to see their version of Groundhog's Day. Um, but I, I just wanted to interject. That was an excellent point, Libya, that the time, you know, crunch, you know, kind of factor was was created all the tension. You know what I mean? Um, and it kept me in the episode. I, it wasn't my favorite, but but I did think that they did a nice job of um, uh, of giving us the solution, like how they got to it. I mean, still, it was a bit repetitive and whatever, but it was fun. They always do something in a fun and it's funny. So there was a lot of, some of the ex, some of the runs, run throughs, some of the time loops were, were, were pretty funny. Um, and so, I mean, that's all I'm going to say about it. I want to hear what you guys have to say, but yeah, it saved it for me because otherwise I really just would have been like, ugh, you know, uh, you know, time loop. But in the end, it was a fun episode for me. I will say one thing, which is that uh, I really liked that this was the first episode we've had all season where Daisy and Coulson really got to have their bonding. Where that's usually that's <laughs> one of my favorite things about this show is their relationship. And ever since he died way back like two seasons ago, they really haven't had any moments. They haven't had anything, and because he wasn't really Coulson last year. And this year, he's like, I'm a robot. I'm not real. And they really got to talk about that and delve into their relationship this week. So I, I appreciated that. And I love that he gave her crap. It's like, took you long enough to figure it out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, oh, and... Wait. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go. No, I want, I want somebody else. Uh, Allison, you talk. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I did appreciate that it wasn't just one person remembering. In fact, there was there was actually one person who remembered no matter what happened, and that was Coulson, you know, when we were first uh, focusing on Daisy and figuring, oh, okay, she's going to be our, our guide through this. And um, I, the fact that it was the two of them so they could put their heads together and gradually figure out how all of this worked and, and all of that was, was great. Um, the other thing that I'd like to, to point out, you know, is R.I.P. Enoch. Oh, poor Enoch. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, Misty. Poor Enoch. I got Misty. Need him, Horatio. Yes. yes. I did too. I, I, I don't quite understand. I mean, it doesn't actually make any logical sense because he's a robot. They should be able to just give him a new, you know, generator and start him up again. But, you know, I guess they just wanted to give the him a poetic close. The series is ending. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's it. That's basically it. So they wanted to give him a poetic close. Um, never mind that you know he's he's a uh, he's a robot, and we I saw like Coulson po- and the leader of the robots have their entire bodies destroyed a couple episodes ago, and, and they're back. still fine. 
I so, would also yeah. like to point out the item that he needed to keep him alive, he could pull out with just his hand. He was like, oh, here. I was just like, really? <laughs> Should it be that easy for you to pull that <laughs> unit out? But okay. Um, but yeah, they. you're right. It was all about giving him closure and a that proper hero's send-off. And he did a great job. I thought yeah. acting well, it, it really yeah. pulled my, you know, pulled my heartstrings. I, you know, I mean, I liked the character anyway, but um, it was really moving. It was like yeah. legit, you know. Yeah, I thought so. Wait, I can't get out of this without giving a props to, or not props, but to, to uh, Daisy and Sosa kiss. Yeah. <laughs> I was very happy about that. I take it you, that is your ship. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind it. I don't. I saw it coming. I don't mind that it's Y'all there. I'm not a hundred percent on board, but I'm like, nah, all right. Let's see where this is going. Uh, I, on board. I thought it was great. You gotta earn my ship, man. You can't just. It just doesn't turn on and off. I gotta watch it, see it simmer. I'm really particular <laughs> oh, about that. They've, they've been simmering for a little bit. I know. Yeah, yes, I yeah. know. Only if, but only a few ups. Dude, I'm used to watching ones that take four seasons before anything it's happens. It's a 13 episode. I know. I'm, they I'm have aware. Time. I'm aware. I'm aware. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Greyhound, which is an Apple Plus uh, movie that premiered weeks ago, but we were too packed to talk about it last week. Uh, but hopefully more of us saw it this week, because I know me and Tom watched it. Anybody else? I saw yeah, it. Yeah, I watched it. Oh, yay! So that's good. Uh, this movie, I mean, it's Tom Hanks. So you can't really go wrong there. Oh, my uh, gosh. And but... a script adapted by, by Tom, Tom Hanks right. from so a you... C.S. Forrester novel, so... Yeah, so my point is, you're not going to go wrong there. But I will have to say, I forgot how much I really do like submarine kind of stories because it they just inherently bring tension. Just, you yeah. know, either if you're in the submarine or if you're above the... Like, either way, there's just so much tension because you can't see your enemy. And it just adds this whole layer to it. And the dude that was like, the Greyhound submarine guy that was talking so much trash over the radio. I felt it was very appropriate that he got killed later, and I just laughed hysterically. I was like, see? That's what you get for talking all that noise! (laughs) But, um, yeah, it was really well done. I I felt every minute of it, and I liked how they showed the passage of time and showing how exhausted Tom Hanks was just to show all the meals he was skipping and to show that just he mm-hmm. was just so stressed. That was really yeah, well done. Go ahead. Yeah, he'd been on his feet so much that his feet were bleeding. Yeah, that was insane. Mm. Uh, Tom, you're the one that got us on here, so I want to know what you think yes. about that. Also, you were in the next And just, <laughs> just uh, I was, uh, when, I was in, when I was on my ship, guided missile cruiser, I was the anti-submarine warfare officer, so <laughs> I, I watched this with a friend, and I literally had to pause. They didn't get that much technical stuff wrong, which was kind of cool. And um, the best way to find the sub is with another sub. When I was a midshipman doing uh, submarine indoctrination training at New London, Connecticut, my junior year, my junior summer, I was on a boomer, uh, an. Uh, SSBN, they're the ones with all the missiles, you know, they could destroy the world multiple times. And then half of us were on a boomer, other half were on a fast attack. They're the ones that, you know, do cool stuff like carry seals. And they didn't know where we were until we surfaced. And we were only like, you know, several hundred yards from them. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how hard in modern day. So back in World War II, surface ships are sitting ducks. The one thing to their advantage is diesel submarines have to snorkel to run their engines and then when they're when they're actually submerged they're very difficult to find right which they showed they did a really good job of showing that yeah but no i thought it was i thought it was a great movie i want to see it on the big screen i mean i have a 55 inch tv but still i want to see it on the big screen and i read an interview with tom hanks and it broke his heart that this movie that you know he he was so invested in ended up on apple tv plus but the thing is sony had had canceled a release date because of the covid and they, they rescheduled a bunch of stuff for next year, and and Greyhound was not one of them. So I think that's one of the reasons why the studio went to Apple or, or vice versa. But no, it's it's a crackerjack thriller. It's very accurate. It's the Battle of the Atlantic. And Libby had asked me a question. We did have – the Allies did have submarines. I'm not sure exactly why, but the U.S. submarine forces were focused more on the Pacific fleet, on the on the Japanese fleet. 
But um, well, I was just yeah. considering how many ships got sunk. It doesn't make sense. I was like, why wouldn't they at least put some American subs in that area when they knew that all their troops were going to be hunted? Like it made no sense. I was like, if you have submarines, this is because I think they said at the end that thirty five hundred ships were sunk, and I was like. What? Why? Like, why were not were there no American subs there? That was why I was really confused. Um, but knowing that this is you know a true story and this yeah. is what they're showing, then you know you take that. But logistically, I was really perplexed. Uh, Allison, really quick, uh, Allison and Greg, you guys thoughts real quick before we move on. Um, well, I'm I'm gonna I I thought it was gorgeous looking. I thought it was beautifully done. Um, I have a 70-inch screen and surround sound, so it looked and sounded tremendous. Um, and I love Tom Hanks. That said, almost nothing is done to let you know anything about these characters before we're just thrown into the action. Mm-hmm. And that has the advantage of if you're there just to see all the action and ships being blown up and you know the ships being hunted and all of that, then that's great. But if you want to care about the characters, it's not so fantastic. Because I really didn't feel invested in the fates of the crew. I, I didn't know the crew. They were faceless. They they were close to it anyway. And even Tom C- Hanks's character was given so little to draw on. Just this little meeting that he has with a woman he wants to marry at the beginning. And, and that's it. That's all we're given. And it just it made me feel very emotionally detached. As as beautifully done as it was, and it was it's gorgeous to look at, and uh, as just you know a piece of, of uh, filmmaking in uh, in terms of you know shooting battle scenes, it's great. But I just I didn't care. I really did not care about the characters. Okay, Greg, your thoughts real quick. Well, well, yeah, I I echo Allison in that I thought it was uh, really visually stunning. Um, you know, it's it just dr- it pulls you into the story. You know, at one point I almost had to remind myself of like, okay, there's no way that they're actually on a boat. They're on a set, right? Because, but <laughs> just the way it was shot and like the just the waves and the and the water crashing on top of the boat, it was just um, it it was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the tension um, was. I don't know how they did it. It's like I don't think the music was was making me feel that tension, but I was just so like uh, as I was watching it, I'm not breathing. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's another one. Um, and then the the moment when you know Tom Hanks gets the order that he's to stand down and go into port, I could just feel that you know that no, I mean we have to finish the job but we have to follow orders and so we're going to this is this is this is the end this is the it for us and uh, uh that was a really um uh, powerful moment in the in the story i i just i just all around i just really enjoyed it yay all right let's move on uh i think everybody's saying for the most part give it a shot uh next up we're going to talk about condor see we're still on season 1 we're going to talk about episodes 3 through 6 because that's about the pacing that I'm going at. I know some people are ahead of Boo. me. Please, why are you booing? <laughs> because you're supposed to watch the rest of the season. Dude, I watched like three episodes last night. And mm-hmm. remember we did Talking Dark. Last night was busy. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to talk about episodes three through six. And just so that we know where the end point is, so that we don't jump any further ahead... At the end of episode six, that's where uh, the hostage, cha- uh, Hale, whatever her first name is, that's where she gets shot by Joubali or Joubert. 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 Shoots her in the car, and he's freaked out on the side of the road. That's the end of six, so don't talk about anything further than that point. So we get to talk about episode three. Um... Which was basically uh, him being on the run. Actually, does anybody remember what happened in episode three? I do. I remember, and I also reviewed it while you guys were talking. <laughs> Good of you. All right. There's like a bunch of shows on here that I hadn't gotten a chance to see, and I really want to talk about Condor because I really like this show. And it's so different 
then, you know, it's grounded in way more reality than most of the shows that we've been talking about. And it's something that I, 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 I enjoy spycraft and I enjoy, you know, this whole the genre. I did see I the movie. I knew you were a spy. I, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. And if I was, I wouldn't admit to it. So you'll never know. So, um. <laughs> But, um, yeah, no, so I, and, you know, I was kind of expecting a Jason Bourne kind of a thing and would have been okay with that. I mean, you know, it would have been a little bit more, you know, predictable and this and that. But I love this show. Uh, Three, to me, is a great um, a great example of it because so many characters and so many things actually happen. And, you know, the I'll, I'll just start from the beginning of the episode where he goes, we all know he's going to go to his Tinder date, you know what I mean, to kind of hide out. That's really not the surprise. Um, but I love how realistic it is. This dude is an analyst, you know what I mean? And so he's a mess. He does not know what to do. He right. does not know how to explain it, you know what I mean? And his his, you know, uh, all of it, even how to keep her a, 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 as a hostage, you know, and then the whole hugging thing where, like, that don't move, so, I'll look That was so, that was that's so kind of creepy. creepy. Yeah, yeah. All, I mean, all, but it, it made it seem the show so much more realistic, you know what I mean? So he was he was legitimate, you know. And then there was the um, – props to, um, to, oh, God, William Hurt. Here's what I'll say about William Hurt. He plays himself in every movie, and if it's not himself, he plays the same character. However, unlike Al Pacino, who I personally think is just absolutely car- a caricature of himself now, and the characters he's played. You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I expect him to say that in every movie. I literally expect him to say hoo-ha in every movie, and I'm like, oh, God, please don't say it. Um, so William Hurt, I find, plays the exact same kind of dour, and he whispers when he talks, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, but but it's not a caricature for me. Again, he's very convincing in this role, and um, it isn't, uh, you know, it isn't overdone or, or what. I mean, his stuff is always understated anyway. But I was a little worried when I saw him, and I thought, oh, God, we're going to get, you know. But he works. I love the girlfriend aspect. If you watch this episode, or I'm going to recount it for you, every single person has stuff going on. So, and I laugh, because when I got to six or seven, I don't remember where I stopped, um, I realized, with, minus like a like a little bit of time spent on the actual spy crafting thing pretty much all we know is that there is you know a movement inside of uh you know in 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 the cia um and then he found like 12 you know uh 12 fact uh 12 companies that's it because a, a, a large portion of the those episodes that we're about to talk about just delve deep dive into all the characters of you know the right. girlfriend and the who's involved, right? Everybody background. It's so much fun. It fun's the wrong word, but it's so um, intriguing and it's so compelling. And uh, to me, that's what makes this show stand out because you know inside this larger world, the macro of the spying and all that other stuff, the 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 really the personal. Um, Effect and how every all the pieces move together and they're all related. Even the guy, the Joubert. I don't think it's a coincidence. She made me think of Javert. You know, like her her dogged determination to like kill you know, him. <laughs> yeah, kill him. And she's kind of like Terminator, really. Yeah. <laughs> no, she, and, and even though she is a little bit of could have been a mustache twirling, whatever. She's not. You know, they they establish very early that she is a, a homicidal, you know, lunatic or whatever. Um, you know, but and then hit her sidekick who goes to Arabia or Kuwait or Dubai. I don't know where he goes. Um, he goes uh, He goes to Mecca, specifically. Oh, yeah. Oh, Because he? he goes on Hajj. Oh, yeah, that's the outfit he's wearing. He's on his oh, way okay. to Hajj. Anyway, so just to finish, because you guys can talk about all the other episodes. Um, he, he's got the whole stories. Every It's like a, it's an intricate chess game. I mean, it is not like dark at all, but like every there's so many characters and everybody has something to do and everybody is... Uh, the characters are explored, so it's great. I really like it, and um, I can't stop watching it. There's one thing I want to talk about real quick, which is the flashback episode, which is episode uh, four, where we actually go back and see yeah. how uh, yeah. Joe decides to become a CIA agent. We see his whole recruitment, we see the kind of person, and it almost is illogical that he would become a CIA agent. It's just, it doesn't seem like it's part of his personality. And his, but they justify it. Yeah, and they show his uncle putting all this pressure on him and being like, don't you want to make your dad proud and blah, 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 blah. And so they really are giving you the backstory and you understand that his friends were kind of anarchists and, 
Everybody keeps referring to, we know that you hid his police his police backstory or whatever. And you're like, what, did he rob a bank? And you're like, oh, no, he just happened to be in a room where one of his friends did some sort of, uh, not, I don't know if it would be called a prank, but it didn't seem that serious. And, uh, and they're like, he obviously was responsible for killing 11 agents because he did this. And I was like, really, guys? Like, I feel like that's not true. Um, but I, I do like the backstory and how they they set everything up and and um, you see uh, just all the pieces and they even gave backstory to the idiot uh, CIA task force guy who just seems like a jock and the answer is yes he is just a jock and it's not that smart um, as we saw as he got because there's that I liked how. Hale, like, put doubt in his mind and made him see the situation for what it was. And it took a lot of help. It's all chess. It's so great. I'm so glad you brought that up because even he, they prepped that too. There were breadcrumbs there, you know what I mean? And then his his storyline and how he dies is very intricate to the, you know what I mean? Like, nothing's wasted. It's very efficient show. It's deep but efficient. And it's, yeah, that was, yeah, I forgot that. That's really important, I think, because he seems like a minor character, but his his personality and then what happens to him is really super important. So well, I want to no, I want to give a couple other people a chance to talk. Yeah, sorry, uh, Greg, sorry, sorry. Greg, go ahead because I know you really love the show, and I wanted to hear any thoughts you had. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Um, the only thing that I can really add, uh, just to echo what everyone else said, is just you know I was just at, at this point in the story I was just really you know finally he's it looks like that. Um, he's got an ally, that Joe's got an ally because she finally believes him. Oh, and, right. And then she and, immediately you know, she, is killed. And she's <laughs> really, really smart. And then she convinces, you know, the other agent, you know, well, why didn't she let you call that in? You know, um, you know, she, you know, picked him up and took him home and, you know, they, you know, and then, you know, the whole, and then they had sex and whatever. And then, um, uh, but then, you know, and then, the, and then, you know, um, she outsmarts everyone. She actually makes it out of the house. Um, for the first time, he's got a car. He's got a getaway car. And it's like, finally, they're going to get away for, from Jaber. And then, you know, the end of the episode, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Back to square one. Yeah. That did really suck. Because I was like, oh, because I really liked her, too. She was really I liked smart. Her so much. Yeah. yeah. And I was really surprised that they killed her. Yeah, I was especially surprised because I do remember uh, Three Days of the Condor, and she's she's the analog for the Faye Dunaway character, and Correct. Faye Dunaway does not die in that movie. So I was when they actually killed her, I was like, oh, okay, I was not expecting that. But I think what they're doing here, and and what I I thought was very interesting, and it's it's sort of been like this theme going through his his life. Uh, Joe Turner's life from the time he was a kid is he is being systematically stripped of every person who he cares about, right. every person who he can depend upon until he is completely alone. And right. so I think that that killing her off was important narratively because that is exactly what's happening. He is being isolated Correct. Um, by the story. And so even it, his friends don't trust him. The friends he had in college, once he joined the CIA, he broke that connection deliberately but now when he really needs them, they don't trust him anymore. Mm-hmm. And, that, and but his, uh, the way he, he, he uh, was separated from them actually was the design of his uncle. Right. He used them. He weaponized his friends so that he could do the whole thing of arresting them right. and, and splitting them up. Yeah. Uh, so, That's yeah. kind of shady. That's not a good uncle. It's very shady. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Giving this a thumb up, thumbs up. So next week we will finish season one. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Brave New World, and we're on episodes three and four. So at the end of episode two, if I am correct, that is the big rebellion that just happened, where yep. you know you had the they call them a cult, but whatever they are freedom. I'm sure they call themselves freedom fighters, whatever you want to call them, where they just roll through and shot everyone. So that's like the end. Isn't that the end of two, where everybody's is running for like uh, what's his name has been shot and they're running for their so three Bernard, the, uh, they're Bernard right and three 
They're running for their lives. They're trying to hide out. And all of a sudden, Demi Moore becomes awesome. I was like, wait, what? You know, because she was like the drunk mom that was not paying attention to anything. And all of a sudden, she's sober. And she's like, I stopped drinking. And I was like, wait, in the last five minutes? Like, she was, <laughs> she was all like, I'm sober now. And I was like, what? Um, and so she's just like all about business. And she's like, go get this. And I can close this wound. And I can pull out this book. I was like. When did you become a superhero? Um, so well, that we was find out her. We yeah. find out her backstory. That's the big right. thing, right? And you find out her backstory, which apparently she's been telling her son forever, and he never believed her. And I could get why he didn't believe her because it sounds crazy. <laughs> she was drunk all the time, and she was drunk all the time, and it sounds crazy. So I get why he didn't believe her, but I do, I do like the the take charge version of Demi Moore, which is what I'm used to anyway. So I, I really liked her performance in this episode. And the only thing that I thought was weird is the main guy. Uh, not Bernard, but the... the John. The John, yeah. Oh, that's a simple name. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Uh, he was super weird because... And I like that the show points it out, but I feel like the plot changed him. And then they were like, oh yeah, we changed him, so we, I guess we should say something. Which is in, the, in episode two when he decides to help everybody... He seems like a good guy. And then all through three, he wants to ditch them and let them be killed. And I was like, well, why'd you rescue them in the first place? Like, what? What? So he keeps he kept changing who he was in three, which I did not like. I didn't, I didn't well, I thought that. the horror of the situation caused the, you know, the, the horror and the panic, like the reality had set in. And then so he's still conflicted. I mean, mm-hmm. they clearly made him conflicted before he even did it. So to me, it wasn't that much of a surprise that he was flip flopping. Do you know what I mean? Because he didn't really want to do it anyway. And he was very much a car washer. I think that's the point. You know what I mean? He was a follower and didn't really, you know, know what he was doing. For me, I was more annoyed that you know and it was a it was a plot device and it's an old one i mean it's so old but when the mom had to push him through the the gate and the fence you know what i mean yeah when she when they fired the bullet i was like well she's dead you know what i mean and and, you know they weighed the wild wild killer yeah yeah yeah, like five minutes but okay sure yeah and then and if you weren't sure when she was leaning out the window or looking out the window was like oh i just wanted to see it again or i knew i would see it again i was like man she's dead so, I mean, for me, I was a little like, you know, I, I, I will say this about the show. I, I pushed through. It, it was pretty addictive. I really liked it. It reminded me. I, what, I did not listen on purpose to you guys talking about it last week. So a lot of this may have been said. But I, I love the Gattaca feel of it. You know, I read the book and I forgotten. And they've, they've kind of moved. They're, you know, they're not saying super true to the book. So that, it doesn't really matter. But um, I had to read the book. And so, you know, we, I think we talked about how this is the precursor to all the dystopian and blah, 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 you know, movies and things that we've seen now. This was written so long ago. Um, and it, so, but my point is I, this whole, um, the stratifying or the, you know, the, whatever the cast system by genetics, whatever, it's not new, but, um, I like the show a lot. I like the look of it. It looks pretty expensive. I mean, you know, not amazingly expensive, but I, I think that, the show for me um, is isn't great, but it is really good. And I'm going to let you guys talk about the details. But you know, I, I there there are some things here that I thought were a little. Um, uh, 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 I could guess a lot of the things. I mean, clearly, wh- wh- what episode are we? I won't give away the spoiler, but clearly, uh, it was easy, very easy to guess who uh, John's father was. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, right. yeah. You know what I mean? But so I don't think it, of... it wasn't supposed to really be that much of a secret. No, no, I read the book. No. I read the book. But I, what I'm no, you know, I, I didn't read the book, and it was not a secret. It was very yeah, obvious. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no. But I guess what I'm saying is because uh, my my point was they the things that they diverged from the book, and then they've kept some stuff the same. So. I don't. I guess what maybe it's because I read the book, but my point is, it's not. To me, it isn't about the plot that that's compelling or the surprise. There's like nothing that's a surprise. But I really like the performances, um, and for me, the this particular setting is enjoyable for me to watch. But you guys talk about specifics. Okay, uh, Tom, go ahead. Your thoughts. No, I. Um, I mean, episode three is basically the escape, right? And trying trying to get out of the. Uh, trying to get out of the savage lands in one piece and everyone doesn't make it and of course you know we, we find out 
when they get to the barrier, the barrier will kill anybody who's not uh, in part of the cast. Right. And because, you know, he finds out Mob's story is true, that she was a B plus, sorry, a beta plus, and his father was an alpha plus, which, of course, depending on how you average, would make him between an alpha or an alpha minus. <laughs> and we're gonna, we, get, we get confirmation in episode four about that. Right. Um, and we can talk ep- about four. Move on to four. Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting, episode four, and... It was a little slow because he's just pissed off and grieving, and they're like, "Why is he grieving?" Oh. Yeah, that was. So oh, that's the thing. That's the thing they do. <laughs> but um, and they, they kept trying they, to drug him. Like every time he, they were like, "Here, take this. It'll make you. It'll make the pain go away." And he's like, "What? Like, stop being crazy, crazy people." Well, like, the the fascinating thing about that is that that is what really. I mean. That was that was um, the takeaway that Neil Postman has from uh, in his book I talked about last week, "Abusing Ourselves to Death." The fact that instead of actually feeling feelings, we you know they just blunt them with pills, or in Demi Moore's case, when she was living in the Savage Lands, booze, etc. And that's kind of the case that Huxley's making is feeling feelings is not all bad right and it's interesting to see the repercussions that this is going to have on on Lenina Lenina yeah Lenina because she's got some PTSD from her time in the Savage Lands (laughs) not that she's complaining about it and then John's just so I wish he was a little more active in episode 4 of course when he you know fights back and sends dear old bio dead hurtling to his death oops <laughs> <laughs> but um no but i, I had but you know at first when five. he took when when the father took him to the cliff side i thought he was gonna throw him off the side and i was like i thought that was his plan but his plan was just to dump him back into the savage land and he's like i literally just escaped why would i want to go he was like, since they will kill him. Yeah, he was like, yeah. oh, you'll be fine. Just, you know. And he just was, his. he was just like, I want to get rid of this problem. Um, what, last remark before I tag in uh, Allison or Greg. Um, the, 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 the alphas, uh, the alphas, et cetera, et cetera, they may be really smart, but they have emotions. They're yeah. kind of evil sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, also if you live at the yeah, if you live at the top of the caste system with all the power, power corrupts. So yeah, there you go. So, uh, Allison. Um, well, I I like both these episodes, and I, I think you know, speaking to the the issue of of medicating away uh, and amusing away all of the uh, the feelings that people have, I think also a reason why they are are so baffled by his attachment to his mother is because none of them actually have one. Uh, no, they have yeah, no you're not familiar... allowed to have attachments, right? Well, they're they're born in in like you know a lab, and so none of them have have parents. None of them have siblings, unless they regard all you know each other as as the same way. And they are they are not even allowed to have uh, love relationships that are right. meaningful in any way. They're encouraged to to switch partners so they don't get attached. So the whole idea that he would be grieving someone's death is like completely alien to them. Um, and you know that on on top of that, the fact that they take a pill every time they feel something just <laughs> makes it even weirder. That's hilarious how they're all like when they do it in unison. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I that, that thing of that, that little Pez dispenser thing. Yes, like that. Right. but like the way they do it, the way they've timed it, the way they've you know constructed it, it's hilarious. I mean, that really becomes a funny thing. Like you know, it's at the beat where they're like you know, and then they all do it at the same time in the room. That's pretty funny the, throughout the whole entire series. It's great. It's great. Yeah. All right. Well, let's... go ahead. No, because they, they can't be very, you know, powerful pills because they do pop them like candy. Yes! I thought that <laughs> too. for somebody to, to just overdose on this, and that never happens. But, uh, yeah, so it's, it's you know, the, it's this very weird, like, quasi-utopian dystopia. <laughs> yeah. uh, where it, it's I, on the I surface it real, looks good but it's not 
I want to give some lip service to the costuming. Um, you know, it, it's pretty generic in terms of the like, you know, and they have to be kind of like, oh, we're all one society, whatever. But the ladies are hot. Like the, the <laughs> I mean, every they're beautiful. They're it kind of reminds me of like Gautier a little bit back in the day. I don't know if anybody remembers Gautier, but you know, there's a futuristic, but you know, very sexual, very constructed. I mean, clearly, they're all the, all the costumes on the women you know, are hypersexual because this society is very loose with their mor- sexual morality and all of that stuff. Um, but I thought they were beautiful. I really, I, I really did. I mean, it, it, it got the message across, but in a really classy, I hate that word, um, but in a, in a really sophisticated, um, stylish way. And even the, um, like the apartments, I thought set design is really, you know, amazing and, or not amazing, but great. And the beds, every time I see a bed, that bed that um, Lenina is lounging in and stuff, I was like, the whole room a bed because it's ginormous <laughs> and um, and I thought oh yeah like I don't know I, I like the look of the show the, the makeup the hair especially on the women is is fantastic really it's great alright well we need to wrap this one up um, so I think we're all saying yes to Brave sure. New World yeah. uh, I think it's great so far and I'm going to be sticking to my two episodes a week so that I don't forget it's all fresh uh, so if you, but so yes, we're all saying two thumbs up. And if you guys have any questions or comments, send them to campfire gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio. We now listen to iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. 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 Bye.